You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I vomited last night. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I literally vomited. I threw up. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You know, as a sports talk radio host, you always enjoy the times that uh, sports break and breaking news happens while you're on the air. Oh, yeah. It's always fun. And we have two of those instances right now. Uh, one, So two stories to definitely get to. Do you want to get to the non-local one first? Let's get to the non-local one first. Because we can just hit on that really yes. fast and because yes. we have more about the other one. Yes. So here is uh, one thing. Casey Thompson has committed to play football at Florida Atlantic University. There it is. He reunites with Tom Herman at FAU, and he goes somewhere, honestly, uh, yes, it's a group of five school, but it gives him a great opportunity to shine, right? Gives him an excellent opportunity to to shine and, and showcase his skills. And I think a lot of Husker fans quickly rallied around Casey Thompson because of the kind of warrior that he was on the field, I guess. And secondly, what you heard in press conferences. And I think a lot of football fans, I'm not trying to like make it over dramatic, but a lot of football fans learned a lot from Casey Thompson in the short time. I mean, I'll never forget when his clip prior to the Northwestern game at the start of the season last year where it was like, yeah, you know, like we have faith in Casey Thompson as Husker fans, and we'll kind of see where where he takes us. There was a lot of excitement around the season, but also a lot of skepticism on whether or not Scott Frost and his staff was going was going to work. Um, there was just a lot of question marks, right, and uncertainty of who the leaders were on this team as well. And Casey kind I mean, of starting quarterback wasn't yeah, named a team exactly. Captain. And so like Casey Thompson sort of settled the waters prior for a very short time when he came out and basically gave a lecture type of press conference breaking down the Northwestern offense, the Northwestern ball club. It was like watching film without having the actual film on the way that he was able to break everything down. And I I think this is going to be good for him. He's had, what, three, four different head coaches in his time Mm -hmm. in college, which is practically unheard of uh even with the transfer era of things having four different he had tom herman sarkeesian uh um scott frost mickey joseph like those were he had four head coaches in four five years four years in in college football so um hopefully being able to reunite with the guy who recruited him um will settle the waters because this guy casey thompson is one of the more I mean, I guess I, I can't really say that because I, I hadn't really heard from a lot of other guys, but just listening to him talk, one of the more football-savvy guys that mm-hmm. we've had the pleasure of listening to um, at the podium in terms of breaking things down and being able to articulate everything um, about an opposing team's defense, uh, you know, I- including everybody else. So um, having Casey Thompson going to FAU, again, it's it's breaking news just to see that, you know, going from Texas and Nebraska – to a Sunbelt team is a little crazy, but he has the talent, he has the brains, he has the knowledge mm-hmm. um, to, to make things work. I think he's going to be successful there, and we'll see what happens afterwards. And so, I, I mean, I, I think another thing that we'll kind of always remember from just the, the tumultuous and roller coaster of a season that 2022 was for Nebraska football, 
when Scott Frost got fired and Mickey Joseph kind of started coming in and taking over, and then Eric Shenander gets fired, and it was not really sure on how attentive or or present Mark Whipple may have been through the later stages of last year. And then you have Mark Whipple get banged up on the sidelines and never really get back to the, the Mark Whipple that we saw at the beginning of the season in the later stages of the year last season. And so you sit there and go, all right, you always look for some guy to rally the rest of the team and somewhat keep them together. And part of that was Mickey Joseph. And I want to make sure we've given him a, a lot of credit on the show and on the station, and rightfully so. But a lot of that's also the players in that locker room, including Casey Thompson. And so when you look back, I think that's there's a lot of reasons on maybe why Casey became one of the Husker fans' favorite players and why it was not necessarily shocking, but just kind of a bummer when when Casey Thompson decided to enter the transfer portal because of what he did and, and how he spoke and how he operated in such a short amount of time here in Lincoln I think it really left a really good impression on a lot of Husker fans. And so, uh, once again, breaking news there that uh, Casey Thompson is officially transferring to Florida Atlantic. To, Longhorn uh, Husker Owl. Yeah, to reunite with former Texas Longhorn coach Tom Herman. So Who was uh, off for a year. Yes. Took a year off after. That's correct. I don't know, his, his other stops. That's correct. So then, And then the other piece of breaking news. And this a one, closer to home. This one going to hit a little closer to home, especially uh, for, for myself. It was announced, um, officially announced today, that Pius X baseball head coach Troy Scharf has officially resigned after 17 seasons for the uh, Thunderbolts. He's led Pius baseball to nine state tournaments. He w- has won three state titles and was runner-up twice in those 17 seasons. And so uh, Troy Scharf has announced that he is resigning from Pius the 10th baseball. Uh, the Thunderbolts and, and athletic director, Greg Lashak just announced that moments ago officially. And so, I, I mean, I'll just say this. I, I, there is Pius baseball is, is difficult. Like a lot of uh, other high school sports are, um, but the, the, the conditioning and the, mentality that that was instilled on all of us when I played baseball for four years um super thankful that that coach Scharf was was my head coach um and everybody all the assistants and and but right now for for coach Scharf I mean I'll never forget walking in that freshman year and, and although they haven't necessarily had the state tournament type success in the last you know five years or so man um I, I remember walking in as a freshman like this guy just won two state titles. He took he got a guy to all these you know colleges that that we sit down and they they hand you a pamphlet. I'll never forget sitting in the old Pius Tenth gym, and they hand you a a packet of papers, and it has probably two pages long of players that this staff has sent to play college ball, and so it's and and their whole mentality is like, listen, if you grind it out and you you buy into this process that we're teaching you um you there's no reason you're not going to be on this this piece of paper and this pamphlet mm-hmm. and that's why a couple guys from my class were able to go and and unfortunately I mean I just chose a different way but at the end of the day through through a lot of adversity um it was it was great because I think one of the greatest things that coach Sharf knew how to do um and I really realized that realized this my senior year was separate baseball from 
life, right? And so one thing that I will say regarding it, there was adversity and there was um, yelling and there was there was stuff that happened on the field, whether it was in-game. And, and I, I enjoyed being coached that way, so it didn't bother me. But one thing I will say is um, – and, and funny text. That's a great text, man. Um, anyway, when you – are able to separate what you had on the field and getting mad at, at a coach. If I was annoyed or pissed, I mean, I'll say it pissed at the coaches for yelling on me or getting on me for doing something that I didn't think I did wrong. We did, he did a really good job and he and the coaches did a really good job of then when I saw them in the school hallways and when I talked to them off the field, they didn't bring that. There's no carryover. Towards, yeah. There's no carryover. And so, um, made it very important that, Hey, baseball's baseball. And, and there's a lot of, one thing I, I, I'm super grateful for is there was a lot of life lessons, and this happens at multiple high schools. Um, there's a lot of good life and quality life lessons that you learn through sports, and that's why throughout multiple times on this station I've talked about youth sports, and I've talked about um, – I just think youth sports system, it's it's – The impact that a coach It's becoming flawed. It's, it, the, the, I'll say it. The youth sports system, and this, this goes farther than high school. Youth sports, when you're in, when you're in grade school – God, I was at a 12-year-old soccer game the other day, and a parent pulled his kid out of the flipping game and drug him back to the car. And I'm sitting there going, this is not your time to be at the, at the, at the front. This is, not, this is not the time. Whatever you want to do behind closed doors, that's one thing. But that's not your time to rip your kid away from potential relationships that are being built, from experiences from programs, from organizations. And I've gone down a rabbit hole before, and we don't necessarily need to do that. But youth sports, as sad as it is to say, is becoming a cash grab. And it's becoming more and more about the parents than it is about the participants. And man, when you can sit here, and whether you have a 22-year-old here on the radio saying it, whether you have an 18-year-old who's just getting into, into, into college ball saying it, yeah, listen, throughout my grade school life, it was bad or you have a 50 year old realizing it that's when you know you have screwed up more than we ever thought we could get there and it's really disappointing it's really disappointing when you see entry fees for tournaments are at 50 bucks for a weekend when you're already dropping thousands of dollars it's ridiculous it's stupid and on the on the flip side if your kid doesn't want to play don't force them to play there's a difference between working and battling through adversity and just not enjoying it. I, I, I've, to, I've told this story multiple times before, but where, I've, where I used to work at a baseball and softball facility where we gave lessons, a kid would come in and say, I just want to go home and I want to work on a science project. But my dad drug me here to play baseball. And he knows that. There's 100% adversity. There's 100% something true to sticking with something when you don't want to do it and saying, nah, man, listen, it's, it's good for you. That's 100% accurate. But it's ridiculous when it's continue, when they, can, when they are forced and able, your child is able to communicate to you that they don't want to be there. And yet, you want, to, you want them to be there because you want them to be there. You're living vicariously through your yeah, child because man. you couldn't because you couldn't do it or you couldn't make it or you didn't have 
And I, if there's a difference between you not having the opportunities and giving your child all those opportunities and forcing those opportunities on your child. It's, it's really disappointing. It's really disappointing because youth sports at its core, it's great for the on-the-field stuff. It's great for, but more importantly, it's great for relationships. It's, it's great for, um, also, if you find a really good team, parents can can develop relationships with their with other families coaches can develop relationships with children like when you ha- find a good program or organization whether it be baseball softball soccer football whatever it may be i think what's important to remember is that 9 years old nobody gives a crap about what you did at 9 years old when you're in college them going to work out when they don't want to at 9 years old isn't going to make them or isn't going to auto- automatically get them to Nebraska. It's not. Like it's great to develop habits, but my goodness. It's it's just it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. Um I I and and Ubaldo says this, Nick is preaching hell yeah, probably pissing off some dads who peaked in high school, but that's fine. And and that's like I understand that's the stereotype. And maybe this is why I kind of say this every now and then and I always go off on this every now and then, is because there might be folks out there doing it without even realizing it. And and that's okay. But I think asking your child or children a simple question of, hey, dude, hey, do you actually like playing? Do you actually want to go? Because, man, if if they're brave enough to communicate to somebody that they look up to and they do not want to disappoint if they're brave enough at 10 years old or 11 that I know a lot of kids aren't, if they're brave enough to stand up for themselves and say, hey, I, I just don't want to do it. I want to do something else. I want to play tennis instead of baseball. I want to play play golf instead of football. I know you played football, but I want to play baseball. Whatever it may be, if they're brave enough to stand up to the person, one person in their world that they don't want to disappoint at all, man, listen to them. Listen to them because if you don't, that relationship and I've seen it. Thankfully, my parents raised me that way, where they they always double checked with me, and it wasn't it wasn't a sort a, a way of, you know, listen. If you don't, ha- you can quit. If it was not that, I want, I don't want to get that twisted, but it was. Hey, man, if if you don't want to do this, you can find something else to do. It's just having a conversation with your child. It's just sitting down and actually talking to them about what they want to do because right and and you know just kind of taking this back to right now ellie keeps telling us she wants to do gymnastics but but that's something that she keeps telling us like we we wanted to put her in gymnastics we want to get her involved in these things just to see if she would like it but we're not going to force her to do something if she's against it if we're not going to sit here and say hey we're going to put you in a basketball league and after the you know if uh, you know one practice or something she's like i don't want to do this but we're not going to keep forcing her like, okay, well, you, it was a one practice. Let's go back and do this. If she says she doesn't yeah. want to do it, okay, we're not going to take you back. But a late, later on, down the road, a couple of years from now, if a couple of her friends are playing basketball and she's like, hey, I, I want to try this again, okay, we can do that. But we're not going to keep taking her to these things if one one time, and there's a difference, like you said, between you know just quitting because it's hard and quitting because you don't want to do it anymore. There's a difference between that, and that's why having a conversation with your child is so important. I like, and it's okay. 
specific sports, it's important to take time off. You can. I always say when I'm when I'm when I work with baseball players, I'm always talking about how you can continue to sharpen your mind year round. That's one thing that you can always continue to sharpen your mind. But when, for example, for baseball, for baseball, you don't want to throw year round. If you're nine or ten years old and you're trying to teach your kids slide how to throw a slider. Shame on you. <laughs> Learn how to throw a fastball fundamentally correct and realize that at nine years old, you don't have to throw a slider. You, you don't. It doesn't matter. Because why? Because it's killing the future. It's killing it. Because when it, when it becomes at nine or ten years old, when it becomes more of a chore to go to baseball practice or football practice once a week, once a week, or it's a, a chore to get them away from reading a book to go, hey, let's hit off of a tee, then, man, it's it's becoming more about you than it is about the child. And, and that's where you know you've messed up. I mean, I, I, that's just that's just how I feel. And once again, it's it's not the, hey, yeah, let's go ahead, go ahead and quit and, and play video games like or do nothing, just sit around. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. But I think kids are a lot smarter at 10 years old, and I've realized this working with a lot of players – Kids are a lot smarter at 10 or 11 years old than I ever thought, than I was at that age. Mm-hmm. And nothing kills me more when I see a parent, because moms are just as guilty as dads and, and vice versa, and nothing kills me inside more than knowing that that kid doesn't want to come and learn from me. And it's tough for me to then be like, dude, let's, let's hit for an hour. I, I can't say that. I, that, and, and first of all, it's not even my kid, and it's killing my conscience. And if you are aware of it, if you're a parent out there that's aware of it, and you're still okay with sending them to an hour to something that they, you know, every week they are dreading to go to. Yep. Come on. Not great. It's disappointing. It's it's really disappointing, and it's it's if it crushes me, I don't I don't know how it's not crushing parents. That's what I was gonna say earlier. It's a. Uh, uh, the impact that a great coach can have on a child's life if they are interested in doing that sport and if 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 they truly want to do that is you know immeasurable like i'm i'm i still talk to some of my high school coaches uh to this day because of the impact that they had on my life you know some of my college coaches again they they were great to me uh as coaches you know they coached me hard there were some some tense moments in there but you know, once you graduate and you're no longer, you know, that student athlete, if you have that relationship, you can become good friends with your coaches. Like it's, it's, it's things like that, that are, are very important in the youth sports thing, youth sports organizations that is kind of missing right now, because you have coaches who, as you said, can tell like this kid yeah. doesn't want to be here. This kid doesn't want to do that. But then you hear the, the parent in the stands, yeah. you know, yelling and screaming or you know that parents coming up to you after the game like hey why didn't my kid why isn't my kid starting and you know the coach can't just say dude your kid doesn't want to be here mm-hmm. you have to kind of walk on eggshells and be like well you know they, they they need to do this and this and maybe you're trying to beat around the bush and try and let them know like your kid doesn't doesn't really want to practice your kid doesn't want to play they would rather be you know on this other field they would rather be at home working on a science project or something like they don't they don't want to be here right now but as a coach you have to be careful because if you just say that to a parent yeah they might lose their they they might lose their mind on you. Yeah, you know, it's we, just you, people. You've seen the videos of parents at at AAU games who are fighting in the stands 
Like this yeah. is a, this is a children's event. That you this is not a, like you said earlier. This is not about you. This is not your moment. This is your kids' moment. You need to let them do what they want to do. And if it's not basketball, if it's not football, let them go play tennis. Let them golf. Let them play soccer. Heck, let them play video games. Not maybe yeah, not true. for hours on end, but let them play because there are more opportunities in that avenue than there were before. Now, I'll, and this is the last thing I'll say before we before we go to break. Um, I think this is this is a really important conversation to just have and, and open up to you guys as well. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. And Chad says, "Love this talk. I have a son playing on a ten U team here in Lincoln. I already see it on his team and other teams. And, and my situation wasn't perfect. I don't want to make it sound like it was perfect or that I know everything. I'm not trying to make it come across that way. However." Being in that youth sports world and growing up in the youth sports world, having an older sibling that w- underwent it, and I've been able to see the evolution of how it's changed mm-hmm. from the players and participants being the priority to the parents are now doing it for them. And is that youth sports? Are are you paying a twelve hundred dollar you know uh, team fee plus all the tournament fees plus? all the equipment just so you and your family have games to go to on the weekend when your child doesn't want to be there? Are you doing, are you paying that for you rather than for the the child to develop relationships and to develop skills? And I've said it over and over that when I, so I I grew up, obviously played select baseball. I I played junior salt dogs baseball up until I was 10 years old. Junior salt dogs is the lead league between uh, Babe Ruth or Cal Ripken, it's called now, and uh, and sl- travel ball, and I didn't want to leave necessarily my team because, look, I had a lot of really good friends on there. I went to grade school with a lot of those people on the, a lot of my teammates on that junior salt dogs team. We were not good, but we we enjoyed it. Well, my 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 coach emails my parents is like, hey, listen, Nick's I've taught Nick everything he needs. To, he I can teach him at this level. He needs to try out for a travel ball team. So my parents taught me, sat me down and was like, we think it's a good idea. Let's start out. Select baseball. Families know how the, the rankings work. Single A, double A, triple A, major are the levels. Major is obviously the highest level. And we tried out for the Lincoln Sox team. It was uh, a double A organization, maybe fringe triple A. We weren't very good. We, we could hold our own in double A, but as a team, we weren't all that good. You weren't lighting the world. We on weren't fire. lighting the world on fire. We would play a, a, a majors team and we lose sixteen to two. But man, I still keep in touch with parents of that team. We never wanted to change teams because my parents got along with all the other families. The coaches were really high level quality coaches, and all my teammates and I got along, and we stuck together from ten years old and up until we were done at age fourteen. As Matthew and Hickman says, bigger than baseball. Amen, brother. Amen. Because, like, I, I could have, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to toot a horn here. I could have made it. I can. I don't know about a major team, but I could have made a Triple A team. I had been talked to about. Yeah, maybe I can. Maybe come up try try trying out for the Dodgers or try trying out for the Dominators, and or we got a spot for you. But my parents were like, "Listen, we just don't want to. We don't want to." risk not enjoying our experience by going to another team and that's not not saying that that doesn't happen anywhere else but man it sure made going on the road every weekend and staying in a hotel almost every other weekend a lot more enjoyable 
when you can play cards with the, with the parents on that Saturday night. You're spending a lot of time with these people, and if it's a dreaded experience for your child, what are you doing? It shouldn't feel like work for a kid. What are you doing? If it's, if it's a dreaded experience for, for your player, what are you doing? And so I just I, I think this is a really important conversation to have. Um, and, and please, I'll say this. Don't ever drag your kid across the field, humiliate them publicly in front of not only their friends and their peers, but also all the parents and grandparents because you look like the biggest idiot in the world. Nobody cares about what your nine-year-old son or daughter just did and how bad they missed a goal or that they weren't running. Nobody gives a crap. Everybody looks at you and just goes, what an idiot, what a jerk. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how everybody was like, is this, is this really happening? And that was the perfect illustration of what you sports has turned into. And so I think this, this conversation is important to have. I'm sorry for going on a little bit of a rant. Rico, thanks for hanging on with me. Hey, we're good. Appreciate you listeners for, for tuning in and keeping the dial turned here. It was necessary. Um, I apologize, but not necessarily to uh, people I may have pissed off because I think this is a really valuable conversation. Um, what did Conor McGregor say? I apologize to absolutely, absolutely nobody. nobody. And so I, I just think it's a really, really valuable conversation to have. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. When we come back, uh, Stricken Austin will join Rico. I get to go turn in this bug box. One more time. One more time. Show the bug box. So, yeah, just the, the, the breaking news of uh, the last 30 minutes or so. Casey Thompson to FAU and uh, Pius X Thunderbolts head baseball coach Troy Scharf excuse me, Troy Scharf, has uh, decided to resign after 17 seasons with the Thunderbolts as uh, he led him to nine state tournaments and uh, three state championships in his 17 years and, and one of uh, one of the coaches that I, I uh, still appreciate to this day. So shout out to, to my old coach, Coach Troy Scharf, on an incredible career uh, leading the uh, Thunderbolt baseball program. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. I will talk to you guys tomorrow, but Rico will be back in a few moments. You're listening to the Happy Hour on The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.